section thirty nine of mrs diamond this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. mrs diamond by anne isabella thackeray ritchie book four chapter five saint cloud after the storm or of the church clock and the chimes sing here beneath the shade that half-mad thing of witty rhymes which you last april made max and adolphe came back next day in the carriage monsieur caron had sent for them they were a pale and depressed-looking couple as their strength returned day by day in common with many of the wounded they seemed to feel their country's cruel wounds more and more keenly bourbaki was not alone in his despair and passionate regret many men committed suicide many lost their senses but others pulled themselves together and bravely by degrees began to reconstruct their lives once more max tried to make a rally when he came in to see his old friend mrs marney but he could not put away the lines in his face the hollow rings round his eyes he laughed but it was only a melancholy echo of long-past gaiety why maxwell you look thin and half starved and yet none the less handsome for that said mrs marney smiling faintly and indeed what she said was true enough as he stood there in his torn and shabby uniform he seemed to the three women more stately than any general in brilliant orders and triumphant prosperity we must keep him with us and make him strong and fat says madame who was the least changed of the party as she stood beside her son in her rembrandt-like old age are ye a general max or only a colonel said mrs marney i wish you would tell them to cease firing their cannon and to leave us in peace i am neither a general nor a colonel said max gravely and as for telling them to leave off i might as well speak to the winds and the seas our troubles are not over you must let your daughter take you to her home madame this is no place for women there is no time to lose she should be away from here and yet he was glad that susie had come he had doubted her at one time tried to do her cruel injustice to put her away out of his thoughts with some hatred mixed with his feeling some angry resentment for those very qualities for which he had loved her now they met with an abyss between them but he could not see her unmoved even at such a time as this and as max went on packing ordering arranging the thought of her was in all he did she looked worn and tired the worst had not yet come max stopped to consider what would be best for them all his mother must go into safety and chance had favoured him there susie must be sent back without delay taking her mother with her but mrs marney would not hear of going away she almost screamed when her daughter gently and tenderly suggested it and repeated what max had said the mere hint of a move 
drew her into a state of such hysteric grief that susy feared she might die then and there in her arms go without seeing mick susy are you made of stone don't you know that he is my husband my love my life go home yourself and indeed your child must be wanting you leave me only leave me in peace to die madame must go i know that well enough has she not said so a dozen times a day i only ask to be left my husband might come back and find me gone i who never failed him yet it was all so piteous so incoherent so tragical that neither susy nor her old friend knew how to reason with it madame du pare was preparing to start at once her affairs were weighing on her mind if i delay there are those who are ill-disposed who are hungering to lay their hands on our propriety i must have a ome for max in despair and scarcely knowing what to suggest mrs dymond determined to go and find marney himself if he could be found he would be the best person to persuade his wife madame du pare had been talking to maxwell's coachman it happened by chance that the carriage caron had engaged belonged to versailles and was returning that afternoon carriages were rare and susy finding that she could hire this one after a couple of hours rest for the horses determined to set off on her quest without loss of time denise was left in charge of the sick woman madame availing herself of the opportunity proposed to accompany mrs dymond max is at home she said your mother is used to him he will go up if he is wanted and that adolphe is very handy poor fellow it was adolphe who saw them off and who told the coachman where to drive when they reached st claude so they started along the desolate road madame's grunts groans and exclamations seemed the most lively and cheerful sounds by the way oh 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 only look at the ruined houses that is poor mademoiselle fayard's apartment up there right up there mademoiselle fayard's late apartment was now nothing but a sort of hanging grotto in the air and consisted of three sides of a blackened room of which the floor was gone the ceiling was gone although by some strange freak of chance and war the gilt looking-glass still hung upon its nail in which mademoiselle fayard had been used to crimp her curls all the rest of the tidy little home had crumbled and fallen away ah susy i must call you susy still how terrible it all is only just now i say to my son let us go together max come away to the south bring your tools and your work and let us live rational lives once more but he will not he say to me go mother you go i will follow when my work here is done his work what is it i ask you he hath finished monsieur caron's book and now when i go into the studio i see nothing on the walls why does he not come away if only your dear mamma could travel with us she too might enjoy the peace the beautiful clime of avignon but she have you now you are a better cure than an old patraque like me you must take her to your home and make her happy with you 
susy looked away her eyes were heavy with tears she felt that no nurse no care could ever make her mother happy again madame went on talking and exclaiming when susy could listen to her again she found she had gone back to the war to her terrors to her joy when she found her house spared as if by a miracle they had floated the ambulance flag over the roof and those abominable prussians did not dare fire the villa and now they say there is still danger and we must go it is horrible so the voice monotonously droned on and meanwhile they drove their way by a desolate road a pompeii of the nineteenth century past deserted houses open to the winds past fallen walls between the blackened homes all alike forsaken and abandoned the pleasant country seats the schools the shops were all empty and wrecked here and there they passed soldiers leading horses and carts loaded with household goods slowly labouring along the way men and women came slowly dragging trucks piled with what few possessions they had saved from the storm at last they reached st cloud itself and once more madame exclaimed in consternation overhead the sky shone blue and the clouds were floating gaily but the village of st cloud looked like a pile of children's bricks overthrown by a wayward hand so complete was the change and confusion the stones were heaped in the streets only the shells of the tall houses were standing still with strips of paper fluttering from the ruined walls here and there were relics and indications of the daily life of the inhabitants in one place a bird-cage was found hanging unharmed among the ruins at the corner of the principal street how well susy remembered standing there little more than a year before with max when the imperial carriages rolled by and all seemed so prosperous a tall pile of ruined houses upreared their black walls high up overhead a kitchen range with its saucepans was still fixed and some toppling chairs were wedged into a chimney-stack at the foot of the ruin three women in country cloaks were standing together looking up vacantly at the charred houses they had but just come home to find their homes gone and utterly desolated a few steps farther on susy saw a child playing battledore and shuttlecock in front of the blown-up houses high up against the sky she could see the gutted chateau still standing on its terrace while the sky showed pink through the walls some sightseers were standing looking about papa montez par ici si tu veux voir quelque chose de beau cries a boy springing up on a heap of bricks and pointing to a falling street although the whole place was thus ravaged and destroyed by some odd chance the spire of the church and its bells remained untouched the cafe was also little harmed and some people were sitting as usual drinking at the little tables in front of the windows for once the presence of these indifferent philosophers was reassuring one of them who had already imbibed more drink than was necessary to prove his philosophy began a song with a chorus in which two or three of his companions joined listen to them said a workman going by they drink and sing while their country is in ruins and he flung some common word of disgust at them and trudged on his way madame was looking at the address adolphe had given her this must be the very place see cafe de l'empire 
is painted outside here garon and she beckoned to the waiter the waiter professed to know nothing of monsieur marney he had never heard the name no englishman was staying there in vain madame harangued and scolded madame was not to be repulsed by a little difficulty she slipped a five-franc piece into the waiter's hand try and find out monsieur marney's address within said she and i will give you a second piece his wife is very ill said susy bending forward he is sadly wanted at home we have come to find him can it be the capitaine you want said the waiter suddenly relenting as he looked at her entreating face a fine man not tall but well dressed and well set up curly hair moustache en croque and as they assented i did not know his name our patron sends all his letters to versailles wait and the man ran back into the house ah you see he knew very well says madame du pare with satisfaction and in a minute the waiter returned with a paper on which was written in marney's writing fifteen rue des dominicains versailles ah that is just what we wanted and now the coachman must take us on quickly said madame good morning young man the waiter refused the second five franc piece that susy would have given him as they drove away one is enough said he if the captain comes i will do your commission and spreading his napkin wings he flew back again to his work End of section thirty nine